When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, 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 it's Faye OJ. Welcome to The Motion Champions, an extra special season of The Motion, a debate podcast where two guests with conflicting opinions engage in an intellectual and fierce tug of war to sway my vote to their side of the motion. Win the motion once, fair enough. But win the motion twice against a fellow winner of the motion. Now that is a champion. So join us this season as we determine who the true champions are and to have your emotions set in motion in a way they never have been before. I don't owe you anything. This week, we're debating this mindset. Is it selfish or strategic self-love? This was initially inspired by Molly May and the outrage caused when she highlighted that we all have the same 24 hours in a day. I don't know why I just went Australian, but hilariously, recently, Kim K sparked similar outrage. Why do people expect their favourite influencers or celebrities to be sensitive to their own realities? Or do these celebrities owe us this as people whose support has helped them stay in positions of success? On a wider scale, do we owe anything to any human, celebrity or not? It's a big question, but I will not be answering it on my own. Arguing that we don't owe anyone anything is Esther. Hi. (laughs) She's the co-host of the No Shade podcast and mostly passionate about promoting self-love, growth and pouring good vibes out into the world. One thing I love about you as a guest, Esther, is that you don't hold back. And my favourite quote was in the debate about online dating where you said, I feel like people are searching for safe spaces in places that are not going to be safe. Life is not even a safe space. <laughs> you cannot look to an app to be a safe space. And on the other side, we have Offer. Hello. Offer is a civil servant and co-host of music podcast Lost in the Source. And I'm always banging on about my favourite quote from Offer. Shoot for the stars. The deluxe. 34 songs, one hour, 41 minutes. You know, actually, God forbid me listen to that. <laughs> That's basically like a compilation thing. Now that's what I call pop. <laughs> Before we start, and so the audience can get to know you a little bit more, I have an icebreaker. I think morality is quite important in this debate, so it's a bit of a moral dilemma. Your friend tells you that they committed a crime. They explain to you that they're having trouble sleeping at night. You're the only person they can trust. A few days later, you read in the paper that someone's been arrested for your friend's crime. I'll be honest with you, one thing about me... I mind my business. As long as I'm not the one that was arrested for the crime, I would appeal to my friend to her moral sides or his moral sides and say, you need to do what's right. If they know the committee and they don't own up to it, I don't think I can stay friends with you because, boy, that could be me tomorrow. Yeah, me, I'm not getting involved. What's my own? The universe has played out the way it wants to play out. I'm not, I'm not ready to get involved. As she said, I asked my friend, I'm going to do the right thing. But ultimately, that's up to you as well. As a special twist this season, whoever gives the best icebreaker answer gets in. I'm going to let you finish. Or as you might recognise it. I, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. And that is an opportunity to interrupt once and once only during the first section of the debate. This episode goes to... I'm going to give it to Esther because it was the way of it was like, oh yeah... If you want to tell the truth, like, do it. But I could just tell you didn't really care. I like how Esther appealed to the moral side. With all that out the way, it's time for the opening statements. A rough summary of what you think and why. I think it's a lifestyle that I don't owe you anything. That is self-care at its finest. I don't think that people should 
place an obligation on you to do things that you don't want to do or for you to live in a way where you always bring people first. The idea that people owe you stuff is a sense of entitlement and I don't buy that. Fundamentally, the argument breaks down to kind of like someone exists on an island and I think it's no. Ultimately follows that since you can't exist and, and thrive on your own and there's no way you get to certain positions without serious help or a stroke of luck. We both brought out the key themes in this debate and that's that of entitlement, of kind of self-love and self-preservation, but also of collectivism and as Opa said, how we cannot exist in this world on our own. I'm just going to ask a few questions to get you on your feet and stir the pot a little bit. I kind of want you both to consider the extremes of your argument, what the world would look like if everybody had your point of view. First of all, if you take the extremes of you don't owe anyone anything, I feel like we've evolved more as humans than that. The every man for himself mentality is why history is filled with wars and it's filled with land grabbing and it's filled with people wanting more, essentially tramping over people to get that. And then to take mine to an extreme, I feel like it's probably idyllic. Like there's honesty. So like people are well-informed about things. Molly May, rather than telling people to, to work, she's able to articulate the huge slices of luck she's got in life, plus the huge stepping stones she's been given. It begs a lot of people. And I guess that's probably the problem. That is definitely the problem. Esther's smiling because I, I think you helped her argument. I was about to say that. I feel like you're helping my argument and I love that. I guess I'll just take it to the extreme. Isn't it? And what's the extreme of yours? I think the extreme of mine would be selfishness. But I think that society has really defined selfishness as a negative thing. By definition, what selfishness is, is putting yourself and putting your needs and your desires above everyone else's. And I personally believe that if more people did that and put themselves first and put their desires first, I think that there's a greater sense of fulfillment that a lot of people will find. Using my opponent's example of Molly May, of this young lady who's out here having to carry the weight of workers' unions and all these people on her shoulders, at the end of the day, she's a young woman who's done amazingly well. And really and truly, she wouldn't have been able to do that if she spent a lot of time trying to like drag other people in with her. Like With her, one thing she's been open about is how she doesn't really have friends. And we saw that with when she was in Love Island, where she wanted Tommy, some other girl started to like him. She said to the girl, listen here, that's my man. I like him. So really and truly, I don't want to be friends with you if you like him. So she had that very, that mindset of, of being selfish and again not in a negative way but just putting your needs and recognizing what your needs are so girl, you know i come with the receipts and there's a researcher and she said from her research she found that people who wholeheartedly love themselves and who live a life where they put themselves first they find happiness and fulfillment more than people who put other people above their needs and, their, and themselves so she was saying how that that's a critical step to take in finding fulfillment and happiness in life. I really like that answer. I think, Ope, the, the issue with your argument, and I think you can kind of see how you kind of struggled to define a world where everyone thought that, the issues come with the extremes. It's so subjective when you start to think of, like, you know, moral obligations and what you kind of owe the next person. There's always a but. The only thing that we really can say objectively, fully, without a but, is that I don't owe you anything and you don't owe me anything. I hear that in day-to-day -day interactions and relationships we have. But when there's a power dynamic, okay, my, you might not owe, any, owe anyone anything, but you can also shut up. That's a very, like, viable option. The descent to someone like Molly May or, like, Kim Kardashian is, so, like, some of the things they say just feels like a slap in the face to the consumers who have essentially, like, helped them to get to where they are. That's where it differs from, like, 
a relationship I might have with someone at work or my friend. I agree with what you said. I disagree that it changes when you go to your friends or something because I think what people miss and where people end up putting more on celebrities or people in positions of power is that there will always be a power play at hand. Even like between the three of us, there'll be areas where Esther has higher power, where you have higher power, or where I have higher power. And so I think it's that double standards that like I don't love. And I think that kind of um, goes against both your arguments in a sense. I'll bring in a philosopher, John Jack Rousseau and the social contract. And it's essentially the fact that like, if we live in like say an independent world where people are, you know, going for themselves and getting their own private property, then inequality will always naturally exist. And the only way to really exist in society harmoniously and for like the benefit of everyone is to acknowledge that you do have a social obligation and there is sort of like an underlying social contract to other people. Esther, you said the extreme is selfishness. We often say that humans are naturally selfish, right? That kind of comes from the fall of man and Adam and Eve and etc. But I think it's really interesting that before Eve or Adam or whatever ate the apple, that God said that man cannot be alone. And so I'd argue that before we are actually selfish, we are relational. That really is true human condition. Parts of us that strive to belong, it even kind of drives our self-interest because the more we compare ourselves to others, for example, the more we want to better ourselves. I think when it comes to the idea of not owing anyone anything, that whole community and interdependence, and stuff, I feel like it plays more on morals and in a way emotions as well. I mean, even though this is my argument, Jesus wants bad for me, so <laughs> I have to be nice. Some people having that mindset in a way shows us the difference in what people essentially achieve. There are people in relationships who think that morally, this should be a togetherness, but they might have the mindset of actually, I'm putting myself first kind of vibe. And so because they have that mindset of I'm putting myself first, you might find that in that relation, in that dynamic, they've got the upper hand, they've got, the, they've got more power than the other person does. You're right in that we can't live in a society where everyone does have that mindset. But I do think that we do live in a society where a lot of people have that mindset. And I think with that, that's how I would say power comes to play. Like I know um, at the start, um, Okwem mentioned wars and like how that kind of mindset leads people to just make selfish decisions that impacts other people. But I think with that, it's more about power. I kind of see where you're both coming from and, and morals do have a lot to do with it. But then I think when you actually look at this world and the people who are saying we do owe each other things, normally are trying to get things from people. If you don't need things from people, then you don't really care to say if someone owes you something or someone doesn't. I don't know if I agree with that because that feels like saying only poor people are social. No, no, I'm not. I'm not even talking about <laughs> poor people. Please don't get me cancelled. <laughs> I don't have the success of Kim K and I need people. <laughs> I'll back the beef. I'll back it. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, your opinion on whether people are willing, in general, to get more than they want to give. Even if I go to like a friendship example, you're going for a bad time, you're cutting people off, you're airing people's calls, right? But then you expect them to be there when you return, when you're like in a better headspace. And while I feel like if someone was like a good friend, I would hope that they'd be understanding, I don't think that I can be like, oh, well, you're a bad friend because you weren't there when I came back. I guess I'm tended to agree with you because I feel like you can't really have an expectation on how people react or respond to your behaviour. I'll let you finish. The example you gave actually works in my favour 
in both ways. Be I could be going through something and think, you know what? Like right now, what I'm going through is the most important thing to me. I need to sort this out. I need to deal with this. That is the mindset of I don't owe you anything. So I'm just essentially gonna ghost. And then I could ghost and then come back and then my friends say, you know what? We don't appreciate your ghosting and and in a way that's them not owing me anything. Because this is my thing. Like the only thing that works both ways is the mindset that nobody owes you anything. But if I just go back to you, um, Esther, because the, it also does have flaws. It is where you start to get to these people, like these entrepreneurs, successful people that will tell you that they were always, you know, about themselves. But in every example is is some sort of interdependence. Like, if I, I don't even want to use her as an example because it's just... It's just too obvious to do. You needed, you needed a lot of people, Kim. I feel like people like her, yeah. Like, just say you hate poor people and go, you don't need to give us this motivational speech. You don't need to give us a speech about working hard. Just say, listen, you brokies, thanks for helping me build my dream and keep it moving. You can't get down your own solo. I will definitely admit that. But I do think that, for example, with the Kim K example, which, I mean, she called her sister lazy on the, on the TV show. So I really think that that mindset of, I don't, of not owning anyone anything and doing what it is that she wants to do is what's helped her get along. And I think that having that mindset... This might sound very rude, and I hope it doesn't. But having that mindset is what people may say... When I'm not say it with myself. your chest! <laughs> no, I'm not about to get cancelled. <laughs> that mindset is what people may say separates the successful from the not-so-successful in society. Of course, we've got people who, who are more community-minded and they are successful. I don't know if you know B. Simone. She had this goal of trying to hit, like, one million, one million dollars yeah. or something like that. I remember when she hit it and she said her friends helped her along the way. I saw a quote the other day. It said something like, if you want to get there quicker, you have to go alone. And then if you want to get there kind of eventually, then you can go with a team. So essentially it's that mindset of you can make a bigger impact or you can get to your dreams quicker if you're determined and your mindset just focus, focuses on you and your interests and your desires and your dreams. It's interesting that people say things like that because it's BS. Like, that's the thing. I can't <laughs> tune into all these, like, Stephen Bartlett's and all those successful people because, as I said, it's, it's never true. You cannot get to places alone unless you have exploited a whole range of people. Offer, in our conversation, in every example, there's been so much, like, subjectivity. Do you think that we shouldn't be relying on people and moral obligation and say just kind of stick to legal obligations? So, basically, do you think that the most important obligation to people are covered by the law absolutely not because the richest and most powerful people can mold the law in america companies like amazon spend so much money to lobby the federal government and that's to keep poor people working in their factories at four pennies on the dollar and it's all about the bottom line but then again how do i say this you know i'm just gonna ask you do you think that everyone should have an equal contribution to how society plays out amazon that some might say as providing a lot of benefits to society. Whether they treat their workers right, that's a whole other debate, but they still provide jobs. They still provide mm. um, places for you to shop. Should they have the same equal contribution to how society plays out as, let's just use me, can't cancel me for using me, that's for sure. <laughs> me personally, I'd say yes, because I don't think Amazon as an entity is any more important in the country than you. And Appreciate that. I feel like you... <laughs> As a person, each individual is equal in my eyes anyway. They can still serve the same purpose and be, be better to people. Like, I don't think it's, it's one or the other. They're choosing to be worse to people to prop up their bottom lines. So I, I personally don't think they should have any greater say in society just because they're delivering us some stuff overnight. What will ultimately make my decision in this debate is what 
makes a better society? Is the world more livable when we focus on bettering ourselves and so you're better to the next person or when we shift away from ourselves and choose to always care for the next person? Esther, Opa, you are officially free to go at each other. I am no longer a buffer. It's time for the main debate. I think that we live in a society where a lot of people are burnt out and we see that in the rising health issues, rising mental health issues. You know how we always talk about the UK being bad vibes? The entire country is bad vibes. So I really think that if people invested more and poured more into themselves, you will have more to give to other people. Because I think at the moment, a lot of people give to other people and then are too burnt out to give to themselves. That has a worse effect. The previous point about who's got more power to make decisions. I personally don't think that everyone should have the equal rights to make all decisions because I think that everyone is skilled in different areas everyone has interest in different areas so I think that if I'm able to spend time with myself and better myself I might be able to nurture something within me that I didn't even know was in there and discover skills or talents or, or gifts even that I'm then able to use to help my neighbor and one thing about me I really believe in I know people are going to know this term but soft life is really a movement soft life is not just about you know luxury and all that kind of stuff it's about living life the way you want to live it and I think that spending so much time considering other people's needs above yours can cause more harm sorry as a firstborn African daughter honey you don't owe anybody anything <laughs> I feel like that could close out the whole debate. A more livable world is a world where everyone cares for each other. Whilst I hear about uh, putting yourself first and developing yourself and all that stuff, I think you're able to do that whilst also being considerate. I, I personally don't think it takes a lot to take a second to think about how your actions might affect someone's day or what you're saying is going to affect someone. Something as small as that, you can incorporate it into your every everyday life. And it just means like you're not essentially arrowing through life just causing friction with everyone because you're i gotta put me first and you just tunnel vision <laughs> to like the effects that um your actions are having on everyone take dangote in nigeria for example he's really really rich and he's done so well for himself bravo all of that all of that all of that but like in my opinion he's done that to the detriment of the nigerian people some people might clap him and saying He's put himself first. He's a great businessman. But if you look at stats, he makes 40% profit on, on cement in Nigeria, where the worldwide average is 5%. And that's because he has like exclusive license to mine the, the stuff that you need to make cement in Nigeria. And then he sells it at a stupid markup to the Nigerian people. I mean, in my eyes, uh, that Nigeria is far more livable if Dangote just is willing to give just a fraction of the profits he's making to make uh, stuff like cement just a bit more affordable. We'll see so many people being able to build their own own homes, make the country better, even economically, and which might in turn even lead to him making more money. But it's he's so like short sighted and self self interested that he can't even see beyond that. And I think that's like a, a great example of where that sort of thinking really leads you. That was a great example indeed. The point you made is val is valid. I mean Nigeria has a lot of problems we can't really go into today. But thinking about other people and, and doing for the people takes a different level of energy because I know you mentioned earlier about it doesn't really take much to like consider other people it can be draining and I think that's where my argument is really coming from in that a lot of people who who spend their lives considering other people not only do they feel unfulfilled because you, so a lot of times you end up neglecting yourself and your needs but over time you will get burnt out T-Pain T-Pain he saw all his DMs and then he was like do you know what I'm going to stop doing features for now until I complete my work 
yeah, you could say he's so talented and it wouldn't really take much for you to help other artists and you're a legend and you can put other people on and blah, blah, blah. But in doing that, he ended up neglecting his work and he's not even the only person. I mean, Beyonce, for example. When Sis is working on an album, we don't hear from her. She's not going to be out here doing features and doing all these other stuff whilst trying to do your own thing. I, th- I think that sometimes wanting to help other people robs you of helping yourself. There can be a balance to strike where... For example, you giving me Beyonce and I'll give you Drake. Like, whenever Drake is in album mode, he's still giving us Lucy's. But them albums have not slapped for a minute. That is oh, not a good example. Let's not get to that debate, please. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I- I'm just going to sidestep that. <laughs> <laughs> Jump over it. <laughs> okay, in my opinion, he can do that, still bring all these young artists, give them the strict Drake stimulus package, put them on the charts, make their dreams come true. And he's still dropping album after album that's doing numbers on numbers. So I think if you've got the, the will, there's, there's definitely the capacity to do it. In music, for example, people are always looking for cosigns because you're able to create something bigger and better and with actually less effort. Because if you do have a, an album of features, for example, you're gaining you know, the support of that artist fans, that artist fans, that artist fans. So you're actually stretching yourself less but having a bigger impact. And I think you can even look at that in like creative scenes and why people might like to do collaborations. You're actually putting less in, burning out less because you have people there to support you and maybe even getting more success. Destiny's Child, that's my example. I think sometimes you have to literally go solo. Do you feel like in like, I guess your closest group of friends, would you say you guys owe each other as a group of friends? I genuinely don't. I've started living this life with this mindset because you know what it is? I think I've spent so long of my life here always putting people first. I think that's why I'm so passionate about it and cons- literally considering people's feelings more than I consider mine. And that's something I'm literally on learning in my adult in my adulthood. I would say that I'm a better friend now, I think. Of course, morally, as a Christian woman of God, like I care about people and stuff. Of course I do. But when it comes down to it, I'm going to put me first. Unfortunately, it's not so easy to kind of create a balance. Even people who are married for like X amount of years struggle to create that balance in terms of the relationships that they have. Do you get me? Of, okay, I'm working, I'm chasing this dream, blah, 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 but I need to accommodate you and accommodate your needs. Even that is difficult when you're in relationships for a long time or even when you're older. Do you get me? So how much more for a baby girl like me? So I guess on the flip side, you also don't have any expectation of your friends. No, not at all. Oh, then what can you say back to that? Because it's looking tough from your side. I can't lie. I don't, uh... It's the obligation, right? So just because you're not obligated to owe anyone anything doesn't mean that you're just not considering people. But if we're, if we're actually looking at an obligation, do you have a moral obligation to the next person? I would say I'd say I feel a moral obligation to at least behave and consider a certain way to my friends. And that's not governed by anything other than my own personal conviction. When you speak, I hear you because in my personal life, I don't feel like I owe anyone anything. But I feel like I keep that in my head because when I do do things for people, it's because I want to. And a thing that I always keep my, in my head is I would never do anything I don't want to do. And that's because ultimately I don't owe anyone anything. But there's this like relationships I have that because of one what I know they would do for me and what I would expect them to do for me there's just a certain way that I then feel like I have to um, reciprocate in that I guess that's that's maybe where like an of owing them something but ultimately 
I would never do anything I don't want to do because, as you say, like, I don't have a legal obligation to do anything for anyone. The idea that you owe people stuff is kind of rooted in emotion because I've spent too many years doing things I don't want to do just off emotion of, oh, like, oh, but you need that, you need me to. Like, someone wouldn't ask me for something if they didn't need to. So even though it's such an inconvenience for me, I would literally change my entire day, change my plan, change whatever it is I need to change just to accommodate that. I brought this up earlier. Honestly, it's something about being the first African daughter really, <laughs> really will make you be doing things for people that you don't want to do. Do you get me? So it's difficult to put yourself first when you're a first African daughter. There's pressures. That mindset, I would say that that's why a lot of people struggle to, to put themselves first and also to not do things that they don't want to do. Because, boy, that, that used to be my bag. I feel like there's a line between being self-centred and being selfish. I could never do anything I would want to do because in anything someone asks me, my first thought is, how does this affect me? And that's how I process it. Because once it's past the filter, or oh, like, it's all right, like, it doesn't affect me too tough, then I can make a decision. Like, I'm literally the definition of soft life. I'm not stressing myself at anyone. You know what? I think that's also to do with how men and women are socialised, you know? I'm, I'm inclined to agree. The thing you said about this idea that you know, owing people things comes from emotion. Is that necessarily a bad thing? We are emotional beings. We're people that feel, and I think even what Opeth said about the kind of obligation comes from, oh, I'd want someone to do this for me or they're my friend and et cetera. Is it a bad thing to bring in that that kind of tacit? And that's the thing, it's, it's kind of underlying, but it is there, like that kind of tacit underlying obligation. I don't think that acting on emotions or... Being led by your emotions is necessarily a bad thing. I don't think that at all. But I do think that when you're in a place where you're led by your emotions to your own detriment, then I think that then it can be a bad, a bad thing. I just want you to imagine a world where everyone in your life only cared about themselves. What does that picture look like to you? That looks like everyone caring about themselves and so not worrying about someone else caring about you. <laughs> oh, man. I think linked to that, though, because I have written down here... Am I my brother's keeper? And I, I know I've brought up the Bible a lot. I've been doing my 52-week study plan, so maybe that's why. Kane, he said, am I my brother's keeper? He didn't say it after his parents, you know, said, where are your brother? Oh, he was out. He said that after he killed his brother. Am I my brother's keeper? Yeah, and bad I, vibes. What scares me, though, is that there are a lot of bad vibes people in the world. Like, yeah. you spoke about the UK being bad vibes. The UK as an island can't be bad vibes without the people in it. And I think yeah, that please. really is what the world looks like when everyone is driven. Obviously, we have had some sort of social order, right? And that has low-key been driven by this tacit agreement that I've spoken about. When we remove that and everyone starts to think about and they don't owe anyone anything. I think for a moment, it will look like people feeling better about themselves, people feeling less stressed, people not having any worries, not having any concerns. However, where do we draw the line? Where does the buck stop? Because do I now not owe you your life? In the sense of me taking your life away, not me, but someone taking someone's life away. If there is no kind of tacit underlying obligation to the next person then forget all these things we're talking about friends what what stops crime that example is more of a lawless state than a moral obligation kind of state if you feel like you don't care about someone else's life and then you act on that babes you're going to get arrested that example is very extreme but i don't think it necessarily relates to the debate yeah but then do you not think that we uphold the law because of... We wouldn't uphold the law if it wasn't doing anything for us. 
Like, it's all kind of linked to this kind of agreement. We get something from the law and therefore we are inclined to to uphold it. Yeah, but then as much law as we have, the crime is still mad. Basically, there's societies where, like, they don't operate the way our society operates, for example. And the crime rates isn't necessarily as high as this society operates. You know what? Forget I said that. I don't know if it supports my argument or not. Because we don't live in a world where people think they don't owe anyone anything. Look at the mess it still is. So, let's try a different. Let's try a different way. I'm in disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not of the belief that this is anything new. Having this mindset, we've like if we just we just need to take look back a few chapters in history, and we've seen where this leads us to. I don't I don't know if it's like as revolutionaries you're making out to be like it's never been done before. Like we're all caring <laughs> about each other too much. Like the world as for for uh, for the most part of his existence has been very selfish and led by very selfish power hungry men and like so it's just not, it's nothing new so if anything let's try the new thing and let's try to care about each other let's let's share the love i feel like we're half enough i don't think we live in a society where most people don't care about other people I think we do. And I, I know you stopped saying it because you were like, oh, sugar, this ain't, but I, I called it because even if we look at COVID and if we look at the uh, societies that were able to kind of conquer it, it was by caring for the next person. It was by considering the next person. And I think the, the countries that have low levels of crime, as you said, the laws are there. So that's not the difference. It's the appreciation of your neighbour. It's time for the closing statements. It's your Final, and I mean that, final opportunity to get me on your side in 30 seconds or less. I, I just want you to imagine a world where the next man doesn't care about his neighbour, doesn't spare thoughts for how his actions affects that neighbour, is, is on a one-track mindset, how can I get ahead in life, forgetting about everyone else and anyone else who puts me off. I don't know about you, but I see a, a bleak world. I see, I see war. I see economic disparity. I see poverty. You see the end of your opening statement. Close the statement. Oh, oh no. Damn. <laughs> so I want to say, to close my argument, that having the mindset that you don't owe anyone anything might come across selfish, but selfish isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think that we live in a world where people, a lot of people feel lost and they don't feel fulfilled in life. And I think that that's because they pour more into other people than they do into themselves. And I really think that, I can't even lie, I think people mentally people will feel a lot better if they were able to pour into themselves as they pour into other people. If you put that energy that you put into other people into yourself first, life will be great. Life will be sweet. It's funny because given the state of the world, then... Esther's mentality makes sense because given that the world is being ruled by people who have used this mentality to get ahead and cause chaos, then it does make sense to protect your peace above anything else. But then I also think of, of how we got to this world and it, it is through this mentality. And I think that's where I'm really, really stuck right now. I think throughout the debate, Esther, Esther was just jumping over the hurdles, just <laughs> hurdle by hurdle by hurdle. And I thought this really does make the most sense. I'm wondering why I can't say you've won the debate because... It makes the most sense. One of the articles I was reading was saying that is, you know, is there room for both? Like this amount of individualism and collectivism, I think really that is the future. But I just think that when you look at what is more likely to, you know, welcome the other, I think collectivism is more likely to welcome um, individualism than the other way around. So my decision.
I think you want off air. You know, we're sure. Are you sure you want to go with that? <laughs> I'm actually not sure. She's positive. Actually, sorry. <laughs> not, so sorry. not a Steve Harvey. This is so oh my God. I think I have to give it to Esther. Do you know what it is? Like, oh. at the end of the day, I have to actually think about this debate as a whole. Coming in, I could not see Esther's point of view in the slightest. And I think the fact that she was able to get me to this place where I honestly still don't even know if I have my mind made up. That is how close it is, how tight it is. I have to give it to Esther. Even though off air, I do think the world is wonderful. I think it's a wonderful world. What a way to start this season. The conversation does not stop here. Follow us on Instagram at TheMotion underscore. Tweet us your thoughts at TheMotionPod underscore. Send us an email, TheMotionPodcast at gmail.com and listen to our radio show every Sunday live on Wizard Radio from 5pm. Be blessed, stay safe and have a wonderful week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.